I uh, I took some ridiculous chances on this. Oh, in the predictions? Oh yeah, you should look at it. <laughs> you should look at it. <laughs> I just saw your prediction for the Goldberg match. Oh, Tom, yeah, Tom Bergeron, baby, he's getting it. Yep, no, I mean, Dylan's prediction. Oh, he's going for, uh, he's going for Stardust, TBD, TBD. Although Tom Bergeron, very, very good, great host. Welcome to Fight Boys. It's a show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I'm your host, the man who is slowly and systematically no longer giving a fuck about pro wrestling, Scotty Moore. Your your hopes and dreams can sit in the AEW crowd. Yeah, <laughs> chilling next to fucking SCU and the Gun Club. I am the most interrupted man on the planet, Blake Tanner. I also think you're the man with the most, like, interrupted internet. Worst internet, too. Bad net. <laughs> oh. Dude, don't you work in IT? <laughs> Look, I've Junk done... Junk ev- of the century. Look, I've done everything I can. I, I've upgraded all of my RAM. I am, I, am, I, I am attempting to win the 2020 dunk competition, the Dylan. You've already won! For the people who watch us live, it's like a pretty good HD camera for me, a decent camera for Dylan, and just static for Blake. He's slowly disappearing in. You gave me this camera. (laughs) No, it's a full internet thing. Anyways, wrestling happened this week. Fucking shit. Fuck. Man. Oh man, we're at week three. We're week three into quarantine. What are we gonna do, boys? Um... Hey, can we just we have, turn this... We, you realize we have four weeks left. Yeah. If if that. There may be more after. Can we just turn this into a, a podcast where we talk about what we've done in quarantine all week? I mean, uh, honestly, let's just, let's just get through... Let's just power through Mania. Let's just... Yeah, just because, like... Here's the problem for me, and I've shown this in the in our private chat, where I'm just like, what the fuck are we going to do? Because allegedly next week, because of, like, everywhere shutting the fuck down, WWE's just like, we're probably just gonna take a break for a few. Because I think AEW has filmed enough to last them till mid-May, but WWE's like, yeah, we're just gonna not, I think. And at that point, we're gonna be like, okay, what do we do now? It's just going to be a weekly wrestler Twitter recap. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, oh man, Hangman Page still has the title. Sexy Chucky e. T searching for it though. Oh, uh, yep, he's searching. I mean, so like, we can do what we did before, where but instead of only talking about WWE, we only talk about AEW. Oh yeah, but then like even then we had indie shit to talk about. I think I don't know. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But next week there might just be me coming out Cody Rhodes style and being like, "This week sucks. Here's some free shit from our Patreon to last you a couple of weeks while we try to figure out what we're gonna do." That's hey, fair. Listen, listen. Did you finish? Did did you finish my episode though? Dylan, I you literally had to get split into two pieces. That's how long of a, that's how much you talked about Kenny Omega. As I went, this is now two episodes. I don't care. I'm not about to deal with this. 
Sorry, you didn't give me a time cap. I could have cut that down. Well, not only that, my favorite is you were like, hey, just find all these promos and cut them in and be good. I was like, where do I find them? Oh, New Japan World. I ain't spending money on... Do you understand? They should have been on YouTube. Like, honestly, if you just, like, typed in Kenny Omega promo, there should have just been a list of them. We can't keep doing this, but yes, I searched intensely. Anyways, WrestleMania is happening, and everyone's coming in, everyone's dropping out. I don't even think the Kabuki Warriors match is going to happen because I don't think Asuka's going to go, if I remember correctly, because Roman's not the She only... lives in Orlando. Okay, well, Roman's the only big dropout, but I've heard there are more people dropping out. Andrade, who's just sick, is out now. And they said, huh, who would fit well here? Austin Theory, fuck it. I don't care. I don't I care. Like how, I point. like how Selena Vega is slowly just compiling a stable of attractive men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her own harem, as it were. Yeah, it's, it's... Meanwhile, meanwhile, her, meanwhile, her, uh, her husband just looks like if one of the guys from Vikings got lost in a tattoo parlor. <laughs> it's gonna be called Fuckboy Festival, and everybody's yes. gonna love it. I mean, I mean, the ladies love Angel Garza. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, son of a bitch, pro re- Angel Garza. Have you guys watched the um? her apparent YouTube channel she's starting with Alistair. I, I haven't watched it yet because it looks very, like, cliche vlog style, but I also am really curious about it because I want to see how this dark, scary Dutch man shows up and is like, we're going to Target today to look for supplies. Man, I, I just realized that I wish, I wish I could have been born in the state to be described as a dark, hairy Dutch man. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've always had a I've had a soft spot for Alistair for a while, like even back when he was Tommy End, just because he was part of my favorite unofficial PWG uh stable. Oh yeah. Hero trash. Oh with, fuck yeah. With Marty, Zach, him, and uh fuck, who was the last one? There was a fourth one. I think it was Haskins. But like, it was just the best name for a fucking stable. Who are you guys? We're Euro Trash. Beautiful. Also, uh last thing about Austin Theory. I, my favorite comment about it came from Effie, who was like, if you told me two months ago that Austin Theory would be wrestling for a billionaire in an abandoned building with nobody around for his streaming service, I would have believed you. But if you said it was for a WrestleMania debut, I would have laughed you out of this place. <laughs> God, it's well, just speak- so fucking weird. It's so fucking weird. It's just it gonna be in an empty room, WrestleMania. This is the weirdest WrestleMania. Well, hold on now. They may, (laughs) every once in a while, cut to a bunch of people on Skype cameras being like, Oh, fuck. Look at that. That's some cool shit. I remember proposing that as a joke a few weeks back, and WWE heard me and said, That's good shit. We're doing it. We're gonna do it. It's all fun and games until production accidentally switches to someone who's just whacking it. <laughs> I was I was on chat roulette back in the day. I know what happened. I know the sins. I know the sins of chat roulette. Uh, do we want to do we want to run through that card? That that 13 match. 
Well, Good luck bef- with that, Scotty. I'll pray uh, for you. Oh no, it's sixteen matches. It's it's really bad. Um, I will before we get to it. Is it not the most awkward thing in existence? Every single time they do an episode of Raw or SmackDown, and they're like, and then Roman Reigns takes on Goldberg, and they've done it for like three shows already, and we're all sitting at home like we fucking know he's not doing it. We saw the Instagram live where he went on. It was like, what's up, Oops. Um, yeah, no, fuck that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Did you? Not, do you not remember the shit I've been through as far as my health is concerned? I'm not doing it. It's like, but a- immunocompromised as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's his new shirt, Roman Reigns, immunocompromised as fuck. <laughs> but apparently, according to Triple H, he, he was like, look, we know what's happening in reality, but on WWE, there's still storylines. And we have to uh, honor the storylines. And we will tell you there's going to be a very unique way that we take out Roman Reigns of that match. And I'm like, fuck, you're going to drop a car on him again, aren't you? Yeah, it's going to be Braun Strowman. It's going to be Brown, Brown Snowman. I oh, almost yeah. picked Brown Snowman to beat Goldberg because, like, I don't know. Fuck, he, he deserves the title at this point. He's He's done enough. Yeah, man, he's worked so hard. He started out in a in a small Ford Taurus, going down to and only getting one hundred and fifty dollars a week. He's worked his ass off for this. Don't fucking get me started. I'm not. I'm not finished from last week. <laughs> I'm not finished with you yet. I didn't listen to last week actually. So. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We talked it. At, that was Blake's heel of the week. It was just straight up like, hey, no fuck Braun Strowman for what he's done. Other people are like, hey. We know it'd be, like, weird, but can you just make it Matt Riddle? <laughs> can we just put Matt Riddle in there and see by, what happens? By the way, Scotty, I, I know you aren't, but it, it currently looks like you drank so much you haven't noticed your glasses are crooked. No, that's just the way my glasses are. <laughs> I hate it. I fall asleep on them multiple times a day, and they always end up crooked. Anyways, WrestleMania's around the corner. Ah, oh, son of a fucking bitch. Well, might as well try to get through these predictions and see how much money's coming out of my pocket. Number one, I, okay, let's get through what I like to call the bullshit matches of, ah, let's just do this and see what happens. No, number one. Now, Elias- sir, this, number one. Okay, it's not the one that you're thinking, that I was yeah. thinking of. But there's a match that I would say is decidedly not bullshit. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, let's do that one first then. Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. The man had his heart broken. (laughs) And he is finally going to get revenge. Big boy who has grimaced for months on end, been so sad, been so sad. This, This machine, this man who knows how to work his pelvis, who was dropped and left for dead. But this beautiful hey, woman do you, loved do, you, do you remember, do you remember, like, it would actually have been, like, over a decade ago, probably, like, like 16 years, uh, back when Jericho and Christian used to team. Thank you. Yeah, okay, Thank you. And, and, and then Trish Stratus showed up, and, uh, everybody thought that, like, she was gonna, and then she just, just hoofed Jericho in the dick and teamed with Christian. That's exactly what's going to happen. A more pro- a closer one would be Eve Torres kicking Zack Ryder in the balls, but definitely not as prominent. My favorite part of that whole thing is when Blake used the phrase Otis was grimaced, 
and then all I heard was Otis was Grimace, and I pictured a big purple, a big purple Otis running around at McDonald's. I want to see that more than anything right now. Like that. Also, I really want. Also, I really want Dolph Ziggler to just win at WrestleMania just once. Like it's the empty arena one, so there's no one there to boo him. Just let him have it. He's worked there for like twenty years. Yeah. Fuck y'all. It's gonna be Otis. I would love like Mandy comes in and interferes on, or or it could be Mandy is very much the I don't want you guys to be fighting, I'm uncomfortable, and Sonya's the one who ends up giving Dolph the victory, then leading to an Otis with Mandy versus Dolph with Sonya thing, which I think was the original plan for this. I want Otis to just, like, grab Dolph and then just, like, take a bite out of his neck like he's a big old hunk of turkey. Oh, so you want him to pull a Shayna? Yeah. And Dolph's dressed like the Hamburglar. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, up next, we've got Elias versus Corbin, who, let's be honest, this is the only feud that's really taken advantage of the fact that there's no crowd, because Corbin just fucking yeeted Elias off the top of, like, one of the things in the performance center, and they were like, hey, we can just edit around this and make it look like Corbin just murdered a man. Yeah, that, the, that, so in typical WWE style, that means Elias is gonna come back and win. <laughs> Oh god. Duh. Where have you people been? Fucking stings into the arena. Oh, you know it. You know it. With a guitar. He's gonna Jeff Jarrett Corbin and then win. Uh, I, or I said, uh, Doctor of Thugonomics John Cena goes Shut the out. fuck up. Alright, moving on. <laughs> no, I think uh, Scotty and. Okay, so Scotty and I are with Corbin. You're with Elias Dillon. Yeah. I walk with Elias. Good. All right, um, now the match that's just been for centuries built up on the first episode of Monday Night Raw, January 12th, 1993. They built this up, and it's finally coming to a head tonight. Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. Ah, such great history between these two competitors. You've been at this one for two weeks, huh? (laughs) Yeah, well, my favorite is they uh, they interviewed Aleister Black basically saying, like, why? Why are you, and he's like, you know what? I had a feeling someone's gonna ask me why, and I don't know. But let's face it, Bobby Lashley's been dominating people. I've been dominating people. Let's just see who can do it the fastest. <laughs> like, I, that's enough. That's did enough. You, wait, for did me. you already make the? Did you already make the joke that it's a man named Black versus a man who is black? <laughs> no, damn it. I wanted to make it. A deep, dark part of me wanted to, and I refrained from it. So that's when you know it's bad. Well, technically, with that, we are we could be right no matter who wins, because all three of us have just written black out. Stop. Yeah but, yeah, but if Bobby wins and you claim that, you're racist. <laughs> that's the price of the point, Scotty. Yeah. Prize yeah, the point. I, I assume we all have Alistair, but because we don't want Bobby Lashley on our television anymore. Yeah, it feels no, right. No, no, no. Bobby Lashley is a great wrestler. I don't want Bobby Lashley with Lana on my television anymore. Yeah, TNA yeah. proved that Bobby Lashley kicks ass. The American Battletoad is real. He is. All right, up next. Finally into shit that makes sense. Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. And I'll be honest, probably has the best buildup of anything on the card, other than maybe Edge Orton, I'd say. 
Oh, you mean it's it's one of the only two things that's had buildup. Yeah, yes. Monday Night Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan's got the Messiah. Me and Blake both have a old KO. I'll be honest. I, this was one of the ones I was in between on, whether I wanted to do Kevin or wanted to do Rollins. Because they're going to... Also, I did enjoy seeing this headline earlier today, which is... I can't remember if it's... I think it's Akam who got injured. It's either Akam or one of them got injured. And they're like, with that injury, the AOP are now out of Seth Rollins' stable. And I'm like, it's not a stable anymore. It's two dudes. That's why I think he has to win. Because they then have to build the stable back up. Yeah. Um, Although I would with, love a stable that's called Just Two Dudes. That sounds a very PWG. Like, that would be Chuck Taylor and El Generico and PWG would team as, like, Just Two Dudes. No, they they were. That was well, that was, that was was two skinny black dudes of low moral fiber was oh, El Generico okay, right. and, and Chuck Taylor. But, no, who was two skinny black dudes, though? Because it wasn't... That was, that was Human Tornado and El Generico. And Generico. Okay, that's what it was. Men of Low Moral Fiber was uh, Chuck Taylor and Kenny Omega. Kenny, yeah, Kenny. All right, up next, Cena and The Fiend. Just The Fiend, just so I don't have to, like, just please. Just fucking please. It's a, it's a Firefly Funhouse, too. Dude, I'm gonna pray for you watching this thing. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> check up with you. If I wasn't quarantined, I'd drive to Alabama and just be like, are you okay? Because god damn this is gonna suck. If I didn't have such shitty internet, I would totally be down for a watch party. I mean, it, I'm... Uh... This is also like the Boneyard match, where at least with Boneyard, we can kind of assume it's a graveyard match. This one's full on, like, I got no... Are they fighting on the set? Do they have the puppets on the edge of a cage and you could use the puppets to fight each other with? What is this? No, no, we can bring back the red light. Now people aren't going to complain about it. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Boneyard match, uh, Biker Takers taking on AJ Styles. Which, if there was ever a match that didn't need to go personal i don't know why they decided to be like aj decided to be like hey mark i fucking hate your wife and your dumb tiger fuck you and i'm like okay couldn't you have just been like hey spooky man let's do something no no, no. <laughs> i i understand why because he's right all the mystique about the undertaker for wrestlemania died like four years ago it it died in orlando you and i were there that's yeah. why i picked aj because i just want this to end Like, Taker, Taker's done. Taker is done. Just, like, let him end on Biker Taker. He's ending on something new. We can retire that gimmick. I don't get to get Big Evil one last time, but that's fine. That's fine. Just let it die. It's over. Taker can, like, go enjoy his life somewhere. I want you to be right so bad on this, Dylan. Like, so, so bad. I want you to be right. With me, this match could either be really, really good in a ultimate deletion kind of way, where it's like handheld cameras and like AJ's sitting in the graveyard digging up a grave for Undertaker, and then the gates open and Biker Taker comes through, they brawl around a graveyard and it just gets buck wild, or it's gonna be dumb WWE shit. Let me me rephrase that for you. Uh, AJ is standing by a, a tombstone while he has Gallows and Anderson dig a grave for The Undertaker. Thank you. Or it could be, uh, what was the Bray-Orton um, match that was so bad that was literally trying to rip off Ultimate Deletion and just didn't work? Firefly, 
It was. It was. They just went down to the compound or something. No, yeah, it, it was, was like a... uh, it was the Sister Abigail's match. Who cares? Uh, moving on. Speaking of Randy Orton, he's taking on Edge in Edge's real return match. Uh, yeah. Everybody has Edge because man, just fuck Randy Orton at this point. Um, it's such a good storyline, but yeah, Edge has to win. Like he kind of has to win at this point in this one. Um. Sami Zayn is taking on Daniel Bryan. Which is a match that needed no introduction. Let's be honest. Like, some of the bullshit they've been announcing, like fucking out of nowhere, Elias and Corbin and all that, that's weird. But if out of nowhere, just on SmackDown Friday, they were like, oh, by the way, you're going to get Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, I would have been like, fine. I'm okay with this. This is good. Oh, yeah, fuck. Because that was the point that was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm in. I'll watch that one. <laughs> By the way, by the way, I like that the reason this match happened is because Daniel Bryan cheated. Oh yeah, he pulled he pulled Drew Gulak out of the Kinshasa, and at that point, I was like, "Oh, he's totally winning this. This is going to be a new storyline where like he and Drew are like becoming sneaky motherfuckers." I also it's... did like did you did you like they did the fucking uh, Yuji Nagata like fucking Nakanishi like back and forth like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. BJJ thing beforehand, and like Nagata was like. Nice. <laughs> so I got my there. I got my new Japan reference in for the week. Suck it. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Okay, High five, go me. I um, yeah, no. I'm a Sammy boy. I'm Sammy all the way through. I just want to. I just want to see Sammy. Listen, listen. I'm happy that he's he's got a title. It's a shitty looking title, but I'm glad he has it. But like you know, he's had his moment in the sun. This was basically to appease him so he wouldn't jump ship, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Maybe, but I still want to see him win. Alright, next we have the Street Profits versus a team that was literally put together on Monday. Uh, what, what was it, Handsome Boy Mafia? I believe we can all collectively say that the Street Profits are probably going over the 22-year-old uh, Austin Theory and Angel Garza, considering that team has wrestled zero matches together, and we didn't believe that... Fucking Andrade and Angel Garza were going to win, and one of them was the U.S. champion. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, even in the prediction notes, it says Street Profits versus I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, next is the... Who all is in the f- Fatal Five-Way? It's fucking Lacey Evans. Bailey, Sasha. Sasha Bailey. Um, Naomi. Naomi. Tamina. the fifth one? Tamina, I think. Or did Tamina get taken out? Someone got taken out, but I don't... I don't fucking care. It's Sasha. That's all yeah, I yeah. need to we're say. All, it's... We're all gonna go for Sasha. Yeah. It makes the most sense. It's That's fine. They're gonna... It's gonna be Lacey Evans, but... Is it Carmella? Is Carmella the fifth one? No, because people were very upset for some reason that Carmella wasn't in this. Oh, shit! Fuck, we didn't talk about this, but FMA in chat does... We do need to talk about the match this Monday where Montez Ford fucking bit it at the end of the show, and it might be the most... Because, like, in a, if you have a bump that fucks up that bad in a normal arena, the crowd covers it up. It covers up how hard you splat. Not this Monday. It was leap over the top. Plap! Here's the thing. Um... I would love to say that that's the most painful one, uh, but, like, he kind of ran into Austin, like, a little bit. Um, three three years ago, at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Rapungi Vice was against the Young Bucks, 
and fucking Br- Trent, for some reason, decided that a good move would be to do a, a tope onto nothing, onto the Wrestle Kingdom ramp. Oh, fuck, that just sounds really flat bad. flat back bump, just straight up murdered himself. Yeah. So I cannot say that that was the whole thing, because he, like, kind of twisted... Like, whatever, no, flat <laughs> fucking <laughs> senton back bump. I can't, mm-hmm. nothing will beat that. I, I literally sat there for, like, the next 30 seconds, like, why? Just why? <laughs> there were better ways, man. Well, speaking of the tag matches, up next is the tag team triple threat ladder match, which honestly has got potential to steal the show at this point, which is New so Day. Isn't The Miz out? Wasn't The Miz out for these tapings? I, he was probably. sick. That's why. Yeah. That's why I have Morrison because that's a better story of just like we're awesome. Like one man can just parkour onto the. You know he's gonna pull like the Benjamin spot where he like springboards up to it and grabs the belts. Like there's no way that's not happening. Oh no! What would have been good? Uh, it's set up in the center of the ring. Everyone's beating up around the outside. Kofi springboards as Morrison springboards. They land in the center, and the momentum equals out, and the ladder stays in place, and they climb up together. This is—that's the only shitty thing. This is a match that needs a crowd. Like this is a match that the crowd reactions would be insane on, but it's gonna have to be in an empty arena. Yep. Yeah. It, most like a lot of. Especially triple threat tag matches, I think, have the ability to just be the best crowd pleasers. Especially ladder matches. Lat- mm-hmm. Triple threat tag team ladder matches are my favorite shit on the planet. Um, now, so, I've got... Uh, yeah, he's got... Yep. Well, okay. we did go triple threat rules here. We all did do triple threat rules. So I got Usos. I've got New Day. And I have awesome parkour. And T's got the team of awesome parkour. And I'll be honest, any, uh, yeah, any of them could win at this point. This is very much, um, probably any of them. Any of them could take this at this point. All right, up next, Kabuki Warriors versus Bliss Cross. Make you want to jump, jump. And wow, Dylan, <laughs> the betrayal, the betrayal picking Bliss Cross. The only oh, one. no, I'm just not allowed to have happiness. That's why. Uh. Oh, <laughs> so you you made predictions that would make you the least happy because that's usually what happens. I picked Becky versus Shayna, so I had to sacrifice something else. That's it's the law of equivalent exchange. Um, yeah, and also I can see WWE doing this because like the Kabuki Warriors at this point no longer need the belts to be entertaining, and they've also seemed to be focusing mostly on Oscar. And Kyrie's like Asuka's friend who hangs out with her. And yeah. I think it's because she hasn't been able to be on TV as much, but I wouldn't doubt like if they gave it to Bliss Cross and then sent Asuka after either Sasha to build up or sent her after Becky again. Probably after Sasha, yeah. honestly. But Yeah. Uh or if Shayna wins it, actually get that full on match, because that'd be a good program. Oh yeah. Uh, well, speaking of that match, Becky versus Shayna Baszler, and I saw something about a big return today, and it might have been, I'm always positive it was Ronda, but it didn't say where or when. Oh, but no, I you, w- know it's, you know it's during that match, and she fucking interferes, and that's how Shayna wins, but, like, you know, whatever. 
But don't, fuck it, we all picked Becky. This is our final coming together. Fucking Becky's holding up the spirit bomb, and we're all giving her her energy to try to destroy Shayna Baszler. Because we need it. We need it to happen. Or, I need she could this. cost... She could cost Shayna the match, and then you have a Shayna-Ronda rivalry that leads out for a few, which I wouldn't fucking mind at all. And it leaves Becky to still be great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, alright, should I'm we go I'm fully on? prepared to highlight all of that and turn it red, by the way. I'm prepared to give us all the negative on that Becky thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm fine, I, I understand, but I can't not bet on Becky. Yeah, same. We're gonna dream board this one more time. Yeah, well, Dylan was talking about the fact that he had to give up something he loved to give Becky that victory. That's how I felt when I said Charlotte's gonna beat Rhea Ripley, and I'm so sad about it. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Pre-quarantine, I would have been with you. However, post-quarantine, there's no reason to give it to Charlotte. Yeah. Because... There's no, she's not going to draw any more viewership. Yeah. Everything's stagnant. Just leave it on Rhea. Like, she has the reaction. Like, people like her. You gain nothing by giving it to Charlotte now. Wait until, like, a takeover. I mean, this is, like, the best time to give, uh, like, keep a title on somebody who needs to be built up. Because w- pre-quarantine, that's strictly based around crowd reaction and who gets the biggest crowd reaction and what that would happen. Post-quarantine, this is like your perfect time to build people up in those small video packages they've been doing. You're you're thinking like... Also, Charlotte did... Yo, you're thinking like guys that want to be happy, though. <laughs> yeah. Also, Charlotte gave the worst kick I think I've ever seen in my entire life on this week's episode of Raw. Because it's R- uh, Rhea coming to the arena like, alright, I'm going to Raw. And then almost like the foot from Monty Python, <laughs> Charlotte's boot comes in from the <laughs> side and just nudges Rhea. And Rhea sells it like she got shot. She <laughs> fucking falls into the wall. So, uh, here's the, here's the other reason is, like... We haven't given Finn Balor a chance to win the NXT championship. You really expect me to believe that, like, Charlotte's going to just win it on a one-off? Yeah. Out of nowhere? Nope. There's no real build for this either. Like, she won the Royal Rumble, but, like, fuck it, who cares? The the build is essentially Charlotte wants to do another historic thing. She got to main event of WrestleMania, and now she gets to be the first ever person to use a rumble win to cash in on someone from NXT as opposed to somebody on the main roster. So yeah, Charlotte's she already did getting... it. Doesn't mean she has to win. Yeah, exactly. Remember how, remember how Shinsuke Nakamura was going to be the first Asian WWE champion? How'd that yeah. go? Yeah. And now we've got Goldberg versus Braun Riddle, fucking Alistair Black, whoever, doesn't matter. Goldberg versus TBD. To, to be fair, I almost took TBD before you reminded me that you had to match whoever lost. And so I gave, yeah. so I, so I, so I put back the one absolute loss that I was going to take. <laughs> yeah. That was almost, that was almost to, uh, just, to, just as an F you really. Uh, also I, I've done the math and if I get every prediction right, I win by a half point. <laughs> <laughs> I win this by one half. And I want you to know if that happens, I will not shut up about it for the next year. I will every... I could be down 50 points. I would still brag. If you fu- 
if you did this. Not only are you winning for the second time in this whole series, you would be taking- Third. Third. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You would be taking away my first win, Dylan. Yep. Yeah, on the last- You mean how I took away Scotty's last year on the last day? Oh, I forgot. It was so certain that Scotty was gonna win. I can't do this. We can't do this anymore. You have to... My win is already going to be tainted enough, Dylan, by this whole shit show and the fact that we're only predicting one of the three shows we were going to do. You can't do this to me. <laughs> I'm so sad, too, because, like, like if it, if it was all three shows, I actually almost would have been more guaranteed that you would win. But, like, since it's only one and it's WrestleMania, I'm just like, fuck it, man. I have even, no one knows anymore. Now, is there any, uh, other than Riddle or Braun, is there any other person you could call out of the woodwork for this? To take on Goldberg. Oh, wait, you're right. Oh, Goldberg! Don't you dare be sour! Yeah, he won't be, because he'll, he'll win. Um, shit, I don't know, Cesaro? I'd take Cesaro. Oh, Cesaro Nakamura. Goldberg. Nakamura, that'd actually be decent. Yeah, that'd be good. That would well, be fun. Speaking of uh, Royal Rumble winners, the Royal Rumble winner this year, Drew McIntyre, in the main event, takes on Brock Lesnar. There's no fucking world in which I'm gonna let Brock win this. I know this is kind of dreamboarding a little bit, because Brock has been known to pull out oh. shit in the past, but still... If this was happening live, I would drive down there with a gun. <laughs> Stand outside and be like, I'll shoot, I'll shoot him. Brock Lesnar wins by, or I'm sorry, uh, fucking Drew, Drew wins by a gunshot. <laughs> to the opponent. He just pulled out a gun and shot him. It, it's <laughs> No, 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 no. He sets up, hits the Claymore the exact same moment Dylan with sniper-like accuracy <laughs> shoots. So now it looks like he just claymore his literal head off. Oh, this just shows how dark the fucking quarantine has got us, is that now we're just like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if someone shot Brock Lesnar? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well... Yeah, no, the quarantine... Quarantine's been real bad, like, for everything. Mm -hmm. Ratings are down. Oh, not just a little. Apparently the lowest rating of the year for Raw, and it's the go-home for WrestleMania. And uh, um, last week, um, NXT did not even make, like, the ranking list. This week, I think they got a little bit better. They hit, like, 500,000. Uh, AEW only had 600,000, so they lost, like... 700. It was, like, 690-something. Okay, well, they ended up losing, like, 200,000 people in a week. That's a lot, my dude. That is a whole lot of shit going down. Yep, this is just, I mean, we, it's going down. I'm yelling no. timber. Shut up. Go away. Um, no. well, boys, people who I don't want to go away are, of course, our patrons at patreon.com slash load of BS. That's the website where you can support the Fight Boys and you get access to our exclusive show, Wrestling History X, where we talk about some of our favorite moments of wrestling history. Dylan's got an episode that just went up. It is part one of his hour-long discussion about Kenny Omega's junior heavyweight run. And then you, I've done you, one on we, CM we, Punk. We joked about this, and yet when it happened, you were somehow surprised. Yeah, I was just like, I thought he was joking. What the fuck? <laughs> 
And Dude, then I, I only talked about his title matches too. Imagine if I just talked about that whole year. Yeah, and then I uh, I've done one on CM Punk that's very good. Blake's got one coming up on Daniel Bryan, and there's. Fun stuff from all the other BS Network programs. And you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. Like Eric Fulmer. Like fucking Gazi. Like all your favorites. Over at Patreon.com slash a load of BS. Dylan, who are we tweeting? Uh, can we can we tweet like... Can, can we tweet Tony Khan and tell him that his, that his tournament for his new championship is bullshit? <laughs> That is the that is the weakest tournament I've ever. The best friends aren't even in it. Oh yeah, did you see that promo where fucking Trent and Chucker was just like, "I'll fight you. I don't care. We're gonna do it." And then Orange just leans over and whispers, "We're not even fucking it." That's what it needs to be. Hey Tony Khan, why is sexy Chucky T not in the tournament? Yeah, no, it's just and like you and I had an actual, we had a legitimate argument yesterday. <laughs> Oh, over, I would say over a fun spirited debate. <laughs> yeah. If we were doing this in person, one of us would have had to leave the room. Because because you guessed what will absolutely happen, which is fucking Archer versus Cody, which then comes down to is is Cody finally going to put himself over and be TNT champion? Or are they gonna put Archer over straight out of the gate as the champion, which seems unnecessary? Whereas I argued that, that all of that is bullshit and unnecessary and that this title can be used as a means to, like, put, like, Darby over. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. It's just, well, you're right. Hold on. You're spiritually right. But in the physical world, I'm correct. Here's the thing. This is going to be a great test of whether or not w- or AEW is going to make WWE's mistakes. Yeah, no, 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 it's, this is straight up, it's the, uh, quote from Kung Pao, it's just like, I'm sure on some other planet, your theories make sense, Dylan, but your weak link is, this is Earth. <laughs> oh. uh, so on to our heels and faces of the week. Dylan, thank you so much for taking the reins this week, because, I mean, I, the energy, the energy is low. Uh, yeah, also, let's start in- I, 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 I did mention it, but... WrestleMania is the only show we're predicting for the end of the prediction series, just to let y'all know. It's a, it's a rough one, yeah. It's dark. Um, but yeah, let's start with heels. What do you guys... I, I'll start with mine, because we've already talked about it. My heel is fucking WrestleMania. Because imagine if Christmas was coming around, and there wasn't a tree up, there were no light bulbs to be found, and no one gave a singular shit about it, and just Christmas oh, so came mean, and went... You mean went. Christmas at my house? Yeah! <laughs> Yes, that's how I am with WrestleMania. And here's the thing, even when I know WrestleMania itself is going to suck, just the feeling, the energy of WrestleMania is something that can't be matched. You get a cool entrance, at least. Yeah, there'll be cool entrances, but at the same time, I just... With every coronavirus is my heel again this week, basically, is what I'm saying. Between, like, Blake having to get stuff saying, like, hey, Josh Barnett's blood starts in an hour, hope you're you're showing up, and me, like, reading shit about Effie's big gay brunch and all the shit he had planned for that, and, like, looking at Danhausen's Twitter and him saying shit like, I was supposed to be exhausted today, I was supposed to have done five shows and I've got none of that coming in. Uh, oh, FMA's heel of the week is Sam Roberts on commentary for NXT, which is, yeah, I'll give him that. But yeah, I, I guess heel of the week right now is just this week and the fact that it's not what it was supposed to be. 
See, Man, my, that's real hard to follow up, my dude. Mine, mine just seems petty now because mine is just <laughs> my mine is just that Cody's Cody's commentary is the worst thing I've ever heard. What you didn't like uh, the the spot where Cody just decided to argue with Tony Schiavone about the best Star Trek ca- captains for a few instead of paying attention to the match? You mean where this became PWG for a hot minute? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like that time that Excalibur and Chucky e. T debated like the fucking I think it was the Monstars from like fucking Space, Space Jam, Jam against actual NBA players. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know but what? This week they fixed it. He had some points. <laughs> so here's here's the here's the thing about it is like I know that the commentary isn't isn't live, which I actually don't understand. At Wait, all. it's not it's not? No, you can't tell that that is clearly piped in over. I, I know la- this week's was definitely live because you saw Colt literally leave the crowd and join him on commentary. Oh, so okay, it- my bad. Sorry, Dark was terrible because Dark was clearly piped in. It was the worst thing I ever heard in my life. Yeah, not live commentary is a little bit rough to do every once in a while, not gonna it lie. Is, it was so, I couldn't watch Dark. I had to mute it. Yeah, I had to I had to mute dark. It was the worst dark episode. This week they fixed it. This week they were like, and I don't know if Cody got any negative feedback on social media or if Cody was just like, I didn't perform how I wanted to because instead they decided to bring in Colt, who we know from ROH is an experienced commentator. They brought on people who were good at commentary. My heel, no fuck it. My heel of the week is Excalibur. Why weren't? Oh wait, because he's uh, LA based. That's what it is. Because that's what it was. All of the California-based people aren't there. So, SCU's not there. The Bucks aren't there. All the people that live in Cali aren't there. So, that's probably why Which Excalibur. Which is, like, a quarter of the roster. Yeah, exactly. That's Luchasaurus. That's Jungle Boy. Yeah. You you were so fixing to talk some mad shit about Excalibur. And it's like, oh, no, wait. He has a legit reason. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, I, here's what I would do if I was Excalibur. Go on Twitch, watch watch it live with Excalibur. Have Excalibur just do commentary over the television for you. It's like Mystery Science Theater, but it's Excalibur, and fuck it. He gets, like, Super Dragon or some shit. Like, just bring in some actually, random... Actually, I would, I would pay, like... I would pay, because I could buy the network for 10. I'd pay an extra 10 to watch a stream of Excalibur one man commentating Wrestlemania <laughs> alright I'm grabbing the phone cause we're about to be like hey Excalibur I think I know how you can make some extra cash my dude um what's your heel of the week alright so guys I'm gonna preface this by I've watched three minutes of wrestling this week <laughs> Man, and we're at an all-time is... low here. And I'm, I'm that's pretty like, close. That's like, dude, you're currently, dude, you're currently the LaCroix of wrestling criticism. <laughs> I, I you think were I... in a, you were in a, you were in a room where there was a picture of the Undertaker, and that was it. <laughs> it's not a picture. It's an Undertaker action figure. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, it's I a think... WrestleMania 30 Taker f- figure. <laughs> Scotty got me as a gift or something. Yeah. Well, Blake, Blake, I don't want to make you feel like the odd man out, because I think I've only watched, like, 30. So I'm with you. Dylan's got us beat by watching Dark on mute. That's fair. Um, But I did watch the 
the uh, vignette with Jericho and Vanguard 1, and I have to say, as a heel that entertains me consistently and all the fucking time, Chris Jericho's got it. So this is a positive heel, because he was funny as fuck. He, he wore jeans what? in a pool. It was amazing. Yes. <laughs> he wore jeans in a fucking pool. He poured a glass of champagne and then drank from the bottle. Um, And he showed again, because Scotty, I think last week was yours, or the week before, where Jericho could just like do a promo against a drone and it'd be the best shit ever. And that's what he did. And like... He was talking to a completely inanimate object that was just whirring above his head that stole his shirt and ran off. <laughs> and she just, Jericho just yelled out, Release the hounds! <laughs> and his fucking dogs ran out! His fucking oh dogs just ran out and chased the Hold drone! On. If we're gonna do posse heels as well, I would like to give a posse heel nomination to Brody Lee for continuing the Vince McMahon. Oh, so you're McMahon. gonna take my, my, my baby face of the week? Thanks. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I didn't see it. Well, Dylan, what's your baby face of the week? <laughs> you're such an asshole. You don't even read your own show notes. Brody Lee did a great uh, talk as Jericho on Friday, which was very illuminating. Uh, as far as like you know what it's like to be somebody who is legitimately um, like pigeonholed and creatively stinted in WWE, yeah, it really gives great credence to any time like Cena was on like after the bell and was talking about things like I don't know why people today, and then you see all this other stuff from everyone that's like, dude, there's a there's like a dozen at least really creative people that aren't getting anything through because like they're just not on the same wavelength as Vince. And like, like it, it really, it really highlights how handpicked Cena was. Like he did the Thugonomics gimmick, but there was a certain point where they're like, "That's our guy." Like, remember the time when he beat HBK and Triple H in the same match? That was essentially yeah. it. You know who yeah. else could get away with that today? No one, absolutely no one. And like, so that was really cool. He had a lot of good stories. He's a really likable dude, and like, you like, like very articulate. I've you've. Scotty yeah. was right. When he starts talking, it's very much like so. And while it his gimmick did start out as kind of like a Vince ripoff, I really think he's brought it into his own now, where it's just that he's an abusive sociopath. Yeah. And like that's his thing. He's like it's like, do you do any you know like in uh like it's like a horrible boss's situation, but like crank to eleven and with a cult. It's oh, oh yeah. Oh, like the moment where one of the one of the guys just starts to yawn a little bit, and you see Brody yawning sit- shows weakness. Well, not only that, he sits down and he does the boss thing of sitting down and be like, "Hey, is there something going on at home? What's wrong? Why? What's going on that would make you tired? Because I know nothing's open out there that would have you should have gone to to make you tired. What's wrong? That and was amazing. Starts- the nothing's open right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's he was so fucking good, he, and I love how this. And then later on, when one like the one of, they failed, the guy that took the pin walked in just straight power bomb. Didn't even take his robes off. Like, yeah, he, just, uh, he looks so great now. I'm so excited, and I'm so happy for him. Like mm-hmm. it's as soon as he as soon as he changes his finisher from that bullshit like Sister Abigail setup into just a straight discus clothesline, he'll be fine. I, oh yeah, he could turn it into like a 
a razor's edge power bomb because that I mean it looks like you're getting fucking crucified when you do that. I, I actually I just kind of want him to do a uh oh like Irish whip into it because before it was just they would set people up, but I want it to be like a like a rolling into a moving opponent. Yeah, I would love if he just squirted ketchup on people, but that's just me. What the f- <laughs> Pushes them into a pool. <laughs> Blake's, By Blake's the way, like my. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch. I need to go back and watch. So, um, fucking Lance Archer threw Marco Stunt into, into the fucking, crowd this week. Also, he Marco yeeted Stunt. that boy. That boy got yeeted. I wanted so badly for him to do the uh, the derailleur, the pounce move on him to see if he could get him over the top rope and over the guardrails instead. Because if there was ever, like, somebody where he could just be like, and just, like, get some distance, I wanted it so bad. I know they wouldn't, because that's just a horrible danger. But, ah. Like, um, if there's anybody else that has embodied the idea of Spike Dudley anymore, it is it is just our good stunt boy. It, it really is. He he's like Spike Dudley if you mix Spike Dudley with Ray. Yeah, because he can still do some shit. Yeah, because he has like legit wrestling stuff, but he has that like resiliency, that grit, where you're like Marco stunt's gonna go for it right after he gets done flossing on you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say uh, another heel of the week goes to this chick on Twitter who just goes deeply uncomfortable with AEW using Marco Stunt in Lance Archer's debut match. Remind me how this is a progressive new promotion and not old WWE WCW bullshit again. And all of the comments are nothing but like, you get what's happening, right? (laughs) Like, you fucking understand, right? You couldn't have him come on and have like this great match with Pac to build him up to be the character you need him to be. Yeah, you you gotta start slow. That's the whole wrestling thing. Uh, alright. My baby face of the week, because, once again, three and a half minutes of wrestling, is Vanguard 1. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> it's, it's my Undertaker action figure. Um, he has helped me through some dark times. Recently. No, um, but that, Vanguard 1 is a fucking drone. It is a drone that flies in the air. It has been a character in wrestling for years now. And it is <laughs> some entertaining shit. The fact that sometimes I feel like I'm getting pure emotion out of the sounds of the blades whirring. It just, <laughs> it makes me feel happy to know that there's such a nice trickster spirit in Vanguard 1. They can apparently project visions of Matt Hardy all around an arena. Yeah. I loved that. I loved that. How quickly AEW backpedaled of like, no, this isn't Matt Hardy's not magic. It's some fucking drone bullshit. Okay? Oh no, it was Matt Hardy on Twitter that said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was real fucking good because he's just—he's always that kind of like he's got explanations like that for all the shit he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not just a hey, you need to understand. I'm not that magical. Okay, I'm yeah. just a three thousand year old demigod. <laughs> Exactly. Also, Drone stole a shirt. Drone, Drone did steal a shirt. Drone stole a shirt, though. Well, my baby face of the week is something that I feel like we need to bring to the table because our, our little baby bird is about to take flight and go off on its own. And it's JWF Monday Night War because tonight is the last episode 
of JWF here live on Fight Boys. It is now going to become its own podcast, JWF Monday Night Ignition. Go find it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you check out podcasts, by the way. And I just... I just, I, I I need you guys to understand, this show would not exist without JWF. I know there are people out there who skip it and are just like, it's it's whatever. And that's part of the reason I made it a different show, is I'm like, if you don't like it, just go listen to that feed. If you want to listen to us talk about wrestling, you've got this feed. But it's so good just because it allowed me to fulfill all my wrestling booking dreams. And it allowed me to still keep in some creativity elements to the world of professional wrestling. And my other baby facer, of course, you two good boys, for coming with me on this entire journey and uh, playing playing your parts to the T. And these guys are here, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my it's favorite... Re- it's actually... I, I We've been doing it, like, ahead of time for a couple of weeks now, just to part the curtain a little bit. But yeah, it is so much more fun to actually record JWF not at the end of this show every week because we don't have an hour of like talking about wrestling behind us where we just kind of want to go to bed yeah it's high energy now it's bringing energy to the table see that's what you guys have to see now in the future and seeing it like Blake we a little parting the curtain again we've already recorded the first episode of Ignition I don't know if you felt this, but when we... Because we recorded this episode of War that you guys are about to listen to, and then we recorded Ignition, and it felt like there was an energy shift of, oh, fuck, this is legit real now. This is some real shit we're putting out into the universe right now. Yeah, it actually felt like we were doing something on its own instead of an add-on at the end of another podcast. Yeah. I would like to hear from Dylan, (laughs) because... It was just kind of our baby from the beginning. I think it still is kind of in Dylan's eyes, but you've grown. You've grown when it comes to that little weird universe. I mean, it's still kind of weird to me. And, like, I, I get, I'll be able to be more of a part of it now because for a number of weeks, I, I, I wasn't on the show mainly because I was like, I have to go to bed. Don't give me a promo. I'm not staying up for this. Yeah. <laughs> My, I will admit, I will admit, my promo for the, the for this is a lot better because I pre-recorded it, and as I was doing it, I was like, "Oh, this is what it's like to do one of these when I have energy, and it's not like midnight." Well, my favorite is the moment where Dylan kind of switched on and started caring because uh, I remember we were walking Disney Springs, or it might have been Universal, and you just like looked over and were like, "Hey." What about if I beat this guy, or what if I became the title? Like, what if I got the title, and then I could call myself the captain, and I could run this angle? And I was like, oh, fuck, Dylan's starting to, like, Dylan full-on has made changes in the company. You are the Hulk Hogan of this company with your creative control at this point. I've lost way too many matches to be Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. I haven't held the title in two years. I haven't held the title in three years. Let me take that back. Yeah. Remember well, my that favorite... bit where, where Blake and I had to show you on your chart how much you had me losing for the next two years? Yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite... And you know what he did? He switched it over to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, when you brought that up, I was immediately like, well, now I've got to fucking change things. So now I've got to figure out how to book Dylan to be winning all the time. My my, my, my favorite part of that was, was where you denied it. You denied it for like uh, 30 seconds. You're like, no, no, that's not the game. You looked, you're like, oh shit, I do. <laughs> 
Actually, one time I did go through and figure out wins and losses for everybody. As far as singles matches go, you're very successful. But I did put you in a tag team match with Chuck Tibbs for a few, and that stone cold fucked your fucked your score after that. If we were doing the uh, if we were doing the AEW thing, like singles record versus overall would be yeah. Oh, my favorite is after getting done with that. Uh, I think I had probably like a success rate of fifty percent. Most people were hovering, like most of the successful guys were hovering around sixty, fifty percent. Blake Tanner seventy five percent win rate. Blake Tanner was like, "If you see me getting in the ring three out of four times, I'm a fucking win, baby." Well, that was because you had him as the champion for over a year. So guess who won every one of those matches? <sighs> Long well, no, reign. At that championship. Lost it, then formed a tag team, won another title, and then just started winning on that championship as well. I like how you're complaining about something that you actually planned. Very, <laughs> in- very impressive. Well, some people say it's because I'm great. I have a great character. I just think it's because it's hard to make me lose. Well, I, no, and that's part of it. It's straight up, because I do have like that Tommy Dreamer never wanting to win the ECW title vibe to me. I'm like, I think it would be wrong for me to ever hold it, because I book it, you know? And And it would. It would be so wrong, so you should give it back to me. And that's why I was like, let's make Blake my surrogate. (laughs) And now he needs on Blake wins, it's like I win. (laughs) Hi, I'm Scotty Moore, and I love whiskey. Hi, I'm Drunk, and I'm Blake Tanner, love. And we are the BS, and we are creating a book. It is Southern Mythology, a collection, an anthology of stories, all inspired by our different favorite whiskeys. Buffalo Trace. Bill Mead Reserve Bourbon. Angel's Envy. There's going to be like 25 stories, so... We need to get to drinking. That's right, Scotty. Every month we have a special episode on our podcast, A Load of BS, where each one of us brings a special whiskey close to our hearts that we really want to taste and share with the world. And then we just make a fucking raunchy story out of it. (laughs) And so... Okay, and they meet at a crossroads, right? It's gonna be like the crossroads of a train track. (laughs) You know what a trace is, right? Um, that's a three in Spanish. Who is the most envious angel of all? We just did a demon one. We can't do Lucifer twice in a row. Yes, we can. And we need your help. Whether you're a whiskey distillery and want to send us like a sample of something to get in the book. Whether you are a whiskey enthusiast who also happens to be a big name and want to get a story in the book. We need your help. Check out a load of BS. And every single month, you can get your update on Southern Mythology. We're bad at commercials. Well, boys, we've talked WrestleMania, we've talked a little bit about AEW, and we've talked Blake's good three minutes of wrestling. But now it's time to say farewell. Farewell to the boys. Farewell to our good, good commentary team of Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon. So let's turn it over to them for the final episode of JWF Monday Night War. Ladies and 
gentlemen, to the final episode of JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by a man who knows that parting is such sweet sorrow. It is Captain Tibbs. Uh, Tibbs, I, I, I hate to see it go, but I love to watch it leave. That's, that's just what I'm saying. I'm deadly afraid right now. That's right, Tibbs, because we are on the road to Wrestlepalooza this Sunday on the Fight Boys YouTube channel. You can find Wrestlepalooza, and let's be honest, Tibbs, there is not just one way, but two separate matches that are going to determine the fate of this company and the entire world. Of course, your match against Felix Ball to determine the ownership of the JWF, and then, of course, the main event where our champion Momoa Curry faces the beast, the demon known as the Leviathan, and Tibbs, we've been no strangers to letting the audience know that if the Leviathan gets the title, it could be all over for the entire world. Of course, Sills, and what kind of world would it be if you didn't have the JWF here in Birmingham, Alabama to live in it? So I think that's going to be the thing we got to focus on tonight, Sills. That's right, Tibbs, but in addition to that, there are two other matches that were just made recently. Of course, the Dillon a man who recently betrayed the man known as Scotty Moore, Mr. Cash in the back. Those two are going to be facing off in an amazing, a deadly, extreme rules match because you definitely know those two have got a grudge growing against one another, Tibbs. 100% sells. Uh, you know, I think that we've built the greatest card ever this year. And I'm going to be honest, world-ending uh, problems aside... We're going to be the only game in town. That's right, Tibbs. And then, of course, a match you announced earlier today, the continuation of a rivalry that's been around in the JWF for ages as Blake Tanner, a man who's been a little bit unhinged lately, faces one of his biggest rivals, the Hammerman. And, and Tibbs, let me tell you something. Every time those two get in the ring, it's an absolute match of the year contender. Oh, of course, Sills. And let me tell you something. I have to remain an impartial observer in all of these, but I put this match together because Blake Tanner needs to get me fucking deserved to do what he did to the Hammerman. All right, you're good. But we are getting a little preview of Wrestlepalooza tonight in our opening bout as the Dylan teams with the Hammerman. Which, uh, let me tell you something, Tim. The Dylan and the Hammerman, they haven't exactly seen eye to eye in the past. This is certainly an odd pairing facing a team that we've seen many times before in the JWF, Blake Tanner teaming up with Scotty Moore as the BS for what could be the last time. Well, Sills, the reason I did this, honestly, was that sometimes you just do need to throw a lot of stuff into a pot and see what happens, especially when you're hoping that it overflows and spills out over the counter, which is kind of why I put this match together. That's right, Tibbs, and uh, starting off the match is Blake Tanner and the Dillon, and let's not forget these two have a storied history as well. In fact, all four of these men in this match have a storied history, but just last month at expiration date, Blake Tanner faced off against the Dillon, and it seemed like the Dillon had ended Blake's entire career, giving him multiple concussions. I honestly wasn't sure if he'd be coming back or not, Sills. We wanted to stay mum about his condition because he was... We didn't think he was going to survive. 
That's all right, Tibbs. Well, it seems that Blake Tanner is not interested in facing off against the Lord of the Smart Side. Instead, he wants the Hammerman right now. He wants that Wrestlepalooza match to happen right now. And it looks like Dylan's going to oblige him, going to tag in the Hammerman. But oh my God, very last moment. Dylan turns around, big cheap shot on Blake Tanner, knocking the man known as the B to the ground. And you can see that evil smirk growing on the Dylan's face as he continues that vicious assault. But Tibbs, you can see at ringside, the Hammerman is screaming, and you can tell that masked individual is not happy to be brought into this drama between these former members of the dynasty. No, he's just kind of sitting there, bless his heart. That's right, Tibbs, but wait a minute. Dylan bouncing off the ropes and, ooh, went for a senton, but Blake managed to roll out of the way, tag in his partner, Scotty Moore, rushing in like a house of fire, and a big heel kick takes down the Dylan before delivering a massive forearm to the Hammerman, knocking him down on the apron. It looks like Scotty's starting to feel it, sending the Dylan into his corner, going for that drop kick, but, ooh, nobody home as the Dylan dodges out of the way, Tibbs. Of course, you gotta watch out for the Dylan. He is a man on the loose at this point. That's right, and the Dylan quickly rushes towards his corner, tags in the Hammerman, and oh my god, the Hammerman soaring through the air beautifully. Massive springboard, massive lariat to Scotty Moore, kipping up and then nailing him with another lariat. Hammerman on fire going after the man who was the self-proclaimed leader of the dynasty. You can see Scotty Moore, he has gone into full panic mode right now, Tibbs. Exactly, so this is what happened. He made Scotty Moore, he may be the leader of the dynasty he might have been in the past, but he's just not faced a hammer. That's right, and let's not forget Dylan. Last week he said Scotty Moore, he's always in the JWF, tried to cling on to someone, whether that be Blake Tanner or the Dylan or even his own father. Scotty Moore has never really had to deal with being alone here in the JWF, and you can see Scotty Moore frantically trying to tag in Blake Tanner, trying to take advantage of his tag team partner, but wait a minute, Blake Tanner! Blake Tanner has dropped down off the apron, leaving Scotty Moore hanging. He's alone in the lion's den. You can see Blake Tanner frustrated, just walking away to the back. What in the world is the bee thinking? I don't know, Sills. Although, if he had not viciously assaulted the Hammerman a week prior, I would say he's well within his rights to do that. That's right. Scotty looking dumbfounded before, oh, turning around into a massive... Hammer kick, that big boot of the Hammerman just leveling Scotty Moore. And now Hammerman climbing to the top rope, feeling it could be looking for the hammer leg drop. But wait a minute, the Dylan, look at this, the Dylan tagging himself in, grabbing Scotty. The Hammerman looking furious as the D picks up Scotty and levels him with some total destruction. That vicious neck breaker levels Mr. Cash in the bag. And now Dylan going for the pinfall. One two, three, and after the big hammer boot, after total destruction, Scotty Moore has been leveled out, and it looks like the hammer man doesn't seem happy with the Dylan, but, but at the end of the day, the real story coming out of this match has to be between Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore. I mean, in the past, the BS were thickest themes. If you talk about some of the greatest tag teams in the business, the BS are up there, and Blake Tanner just left one of his long-standing friends alone in the ring. Apparently no longer, Sills. It's Blake Tanner's time to move on to his own things, although I don't think that they are greener pastures. That is right, Tibbs. And, oh, wait a minute. It actually sounds like we have got one of our top interviewers backstage. 
going after Blake Tanner to try to get some answers from him after this horrible, uh, this betrayal of Scotty Moore. Let's have a listen. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Tanner. Mr. Tanner, uh, Blake. Blake, can I get a word with you, please? The JWF universe has to know with your sudden assault on the Hammerman last week and this shocking betrayal of Scotty Moore this week. What is going on with this sudden erratic behavior? Oh, erratic. Erratic. That's what they're wanting to call it now. <laughs> alright, alright. No, honeypot. Because for the first time in my life, I am seeing things more clearly than ever. Last month, when Scotty Moore... When Scotty said he no longer needed my services... And he sent his glorified lapdog, Dylan, to destroy me. And now, that Dylan has turned his back on Scotty, and he tried to run back to me. He tried to pretend that things were just fine. Oh, hunky-dory. Like I've forgotten everything that he's done to me. Like it's all just water under the bridge. And we could just fix our old friendship like it was nothing. I'm done acting like things are just fine. I'm done acting like anybody in this company has ever given a single fuck about Blake Tam. You've seen how quickly the fickle JWF universe has turned its back on me. The minute I left my stable. The minute I lost my title. All of it. Gone. Where were my Raven fans? No. They disappeared. Do you know where I was for weeks before last Monday, Honeypot? I was in a hospital. With my skull split into several pieces. Multiple concussions in my head. And they said that I wouldn't be clear for months. Maybe never. For a while, they were wondering if I was even going to survive. It was the worst pain in my entire life. And strangely, for, for some reason, in that pain, I was happier than I've ever been. I found enlightenment. Yeah. Because that's when I realized just how fickle the universe is. All that time I was there, do you think, uh, how many people do you think sent me a, a card telling me to get well soon? How many of my fans tweeted out telling me that they supported me, they cared for me, and they were waiting for me to get better? How many? None. Not a single damn one. I got a single, one glancing mention on one episode of JWF by Silver Spoon on commentary, and that was it. It was over. It was like I never even fucking existed. And they all moved on. They moved on to talk about the man who beat me within an inch of my life, the Dylan. He got rewarded for everything he did, and I was forgotten. What, what kind of world rewards somebody for doing that? And forgets about the people that suffer. And that's why I'm here now. Because for the first time in my career here, I am a man 
who truly has nothing to lose. I have no friends. I have no team to turn to. No one to have my back. I have no title around my waist. And that means that I am the most dangerous person under this roof right now. And make no mistake, things are not over between myself, Scotty Moore, and the Dylan. No, there will be a reckoning. But that's not why I'm back now. When I decided to come back to the JWF, I wanted one thing and one thing only, and that was to show this audience how utterly mercurial they were. How fickle every single thing they cared about was. In one week, one single week, I went from nothingness into being the talk of the town. Nobody, nobody had not heard about what I did to the Hammer Man. You, you said it yourself, Honeypot, everybody's asking about me. When I decided to dismantle the Hammer Man last week, I finally exposed the world to what his greatest weakness is. The greatest weakness that accompanies all men in this company like the Hammer Man. Oh, a man who loves his family. A man who holds his company with pride. A man who holds his name with pride. A man whose own vanity is greater than his heart. He's a man with a whole hell of a lot to lose. I took him down in an instant. The JWF might want to just boo me for my actions. They might want to boo me for who I am. They might want to talk about how I'm a terrible person. <laughs> they don't see the old... They don't see the terror in their own hearts. And... They're still talking about me. They don't stop. It doesn't matter what I do. They'll still talk about me as long as I'm doing it. I'm going to give you so much more to talk about, Honeypot, when I step into the ring against the Hammer Man at Wrestlepalooza and show the world what kind of new man I am. Well, Tim, strong words there from Blake Tanner, and it certainly seems, I mean, in the past we've suspected something changed, and Blake, something might have snapped when the Dylan gave him all those concussions, and it's been proven tonight. I mean, the Blake, he seems completely changed. I don't think he's okay, so... That's right, Blake Tanner certainly seems out of it. Let me tell you something, that means he is in a very dangerous position. The Hammerman is in a very dangerous position this Sunday when he goes face-to-face -face with Blake Tanner in this ring because the Hammerman, he's faced Blake Tanner numerous times, but I don't think he's ever faced this Blake Tanner, Tibbs. I don't know what's going to step in the ring at Wrestlepalooza, Sills, but I don't think it's going to be Blake Tanner anymore. That's right, Tim, but in addition to that match, in addition to your epic match against Felix Ball and all the other matches we've mentioned, we are also going to have a match that can only be described as a car crash of humanity as four teams, four of the JWF's brightest tag teams in this company face off in an epic ladder match to determine who's going to be walking into the first ever episode of JWF Monday Night Ignition with those tag titles. 
as the VWO, one of the greatest tag teams this company's ever seen, takes on our current champions, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, take on former champs, Bananas in Pajamas, and then, of course, Tibbs, there's the wild card, the War Wizards, who recently debuted for this company. And, Tibbs, let me tell you something. If there's anybody you're going to want to watch going into that match, it is the team of uh, team of Jeremus and the War Wizard. And, Sills, I think you're going to really need to watch them. We haven't seen what they can really do in this company yet, so we're really hoping they got a big debut planned out. That's right, big names back in JXT, and then they this is actually their first match debuting. They could become champions in their very first match in the JWF, but speaking of champions, Tibbs, I want to talk about our main event, the JWF championship match between Momoa Curry and his brother, the Leviathan, and let's be honest, they had an amazing heck in a sec match last October. We thought the Leviathan had got ripped the title away from Momoa, but at the very last moment, Momoa came back to secure the victory. But with this new reinvigorated Leviathan, I don't know if Momoa can pull it off. Sills, I think we're going to see both of these impressive men at their peak physical performance at Wrestlepalooza, and it's going to be a seismic event. That is right, Tibbs, and we have actually got the Leviathan in the ring right now. You can feel the energy just radiating off of him, and he is seconded by his partner, the man known as Mojo Gruff, the former leader of La Flambeau, and we know Mojo's essentially the mouthpiece for the Leviathan, so you know Mojo's got some words for the entire JWF universe and Momoa Kurt. Let's have a listen. Oh, do you feel it? Do you feel the electricity in the air? The energy radiating throughout this entire arena? Oh, it is a feeling that can only mean one thing. That change is in the air, and that Wrestlepalooza is just around the corner. That the end of the world is nigh, and that my master, the Leviathan, is close to getting the revenge he so sorely seeks out against the man known as Momoa Curry. And when the so-called god of the JWF is dealt with, he will leave behind this entire company for us to do with as we please. Which is why I would like to announce... Oh, Tibbs! There it is, the music of Momoa Curry, and Momoa is marching down to the ring. This is the first chance he's really had to get face-to-face with the Leviathan, and Momoa looks pissed. Oh, he might be walking into something. You can feel it. It's getting... It's about to be real heavy, Sills. That's right, Mojo Gruff starting, trying to confront Momoa, but oh my god, Mojo just getting leveled with a Momoan punch. Looks like that uh, that Momoa didn't want a middleman in this situation grabbing the microphone as he sends the former leader of La Flambeau to the outside, and Momoa is just staring face-to-face with the Leviathan, and Tibbs, you can cut the tension with a knife right now. There's actual electricity in the air. Make... No mistake. Your little sidekick there was right. You see, this Sunday, things are going to change. Doesn't matter who gets pinned, doesn't matter who taps out. This Sunday, the JWF is going to change. There's no stopping. For better or for worse. 
And as I stand here on the very last episode of JWF Monday Night Wars, I stand here on the very last episode of the show that I made famous. I can't help but think back on my title reign as champion. I can't help but think back to those men that I've faced on the way here. Men like Blake Tanner. Men like the Hammerman, the Dylan. They've all faced me and they've all fallen. They were underdogs fighting for what they thought was right, standing against God himself to try to earn what they felt they deserved. And now, for the first time in a very long time, I find myself in their position, fighting against the devil himself, fighting for what I believe is right and what I believe is just and that is the JWF. You see, you may be my blood, brother, but the JWF is my family. And I would die for each and every single man in the back. And this Sunday I proved that. Because I know for a fact that only one man one being, one entity, whatever you want to call us. Only one of us can leave that place alive this Sunday, brother. Because I can see the weakness in your eyes. I can see that you need this championship, Levi. You need its precious medals to stay alive. You see, you've been working off borrowed time ever since you made your return at the Regal Rumble. And my brother, I need you to promise me to give me your all this Sunday. Because I damn sure will be bringing mine. And brother, brother, I promise you this. Your best won't be enough to topple the god. Your best won't be enough to shake me. You see, this Sunday, in the main event, two gods walk into Wrestlepalooza, but only one will leave. And you can be damn sure that that man is going to be God of Law, the God of the Sea, and the God of this entire fucking company. Momoa Curry. Tibbs, Momoa Curry, he seems fired up and he seems ready to face the Leviathan this Sunday. I mean, Tibbs, this is a world-shattering event this Sunday and it can only be found on the Fight Boys YouTube channel. It is Wrestlepalooza. Oh, exactly, so that's gonna be massive. That's right. Oh, wait a minute! The Leviathan! The Leviathan has grabbed Momoa Curry by the throat. He's ripped the microphone out of his hand. He's picked up the god of the JWF off the ground. I don't think anyone's ever manhandled Momoa Curry like this. Well, Tibbs, I got no idea what the fuck he just said, but oh my god, he balls it up with that choke breaker to Momoa Curry breaking the spine of the god of the JWF. And Tibbs, we gotta get people out of here. We gotta make sure Momoa's cleared to fight this Sunday. What the hell is the Leviathan thinking? 
He just said that the title rightfully belonged to him, the Leviathan, forever and eternity. Tibbs, how do you know Latin? I wrote it. Alright, Tibbs. Okay, well, that's very interesting to learn about Tibbs on this last episode. But Tibbs, Wrestlepalooza is this Sunday, but after that, let's not forget that JWF will return. This may be the last episode of Monday Night War, but much like the proverbial Phoenix, we rise next Monday with JWF Monday Night Ignition. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. It's a brand new show. It's a brand new uh, season, if you will. And I'm more than excited to start this brand new chapter with you. And Sills, I have a lot of things planned out. A lot of stuff that I want to introduce on this next season, on this first episode of Ignition. I hope we all survive to see it, and I do hope that I'm still in charge of this company. Because if it's not, then I I don't fucking know, man. It's gonna be in Quebec. Not... my, My bad. It'll be pretty rough, Tibbs, I'm not gonna lie, but in order to find it, you're of course gonna have to go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, look up JWF Monday Night Ignition, and subscribe, because that's the only place you're gonna get access to all your favorites from the JWF after that, and then of course we will see you then, we will see you next time on JWF Monday Night Ignition, and for the very last time, he's been Captain Tibbs. I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been Monday Night War. Thanks for listening. Well, boys, it has been one a hell of an episode. I'm sad to see JWF go, but I'm excited to see that baby bird open its wings. But what have you learned this week? I learned that we have a show called Ignition now. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. You pick it up, baby. I learned that all you need to do to still be interested in wrestling is to watch a man in jeans get out of a jacuzzi and yell at a drone for three minutes. <laughs> Release the hounds! <laughs> and I learned that hopefully WWE will still find a way to keep going so we don't have to hit a panic button in the next week. But until then, where could people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. That's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. And you can find me on all of the BS Network podcasts like this one, like a load of BS that Scotty and I do every week, or on Scotty's little fun project called Deviant. It's an audio drama set in space. For the people who are just listening, you don't get to see the look of just fury that came out. Space! (laughs) Fucking space! Fucking channeling, channeling your inner Tim Curry right there. (laughs) Space! You you can find me nowhere. I've adopted the Big E policy of I don't want your follows, except unlike Big E, I didn't start with thousands. You You didn't start on Cameo. (laughs) <laughs> give me those give me that money <laughs> you can find me on twitter at scotty mo s-e-o-t-t-y-e-m-o you can buy all my books on amazon and you can check out all the other bs network programs including monday night ignition online at a load of pure bs.com just find whatever show you want click on it see if it tickles your fancy if not go back find another show try to tickle your fancies at www.aloadofpurebs.com Special thanks to Megaran for our theme song, 
fighters, go check out Mega Ren because he's got some hot drops, my dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I gotta go. I gotta go try and find that that Mega Doom. Yes, yeah. he did just drop Mega Doom. Uh, I I think you tweeted about it, and you showed us. Uh, you sent that to us last night, Scotty. And so I'm gonna need to check it out. Well, no, Dylan. Dylan. Oh sent yeah, it's it. Dylan. And it is called Randoom. And it is, an, it is an April Fool's prank, so I see you two haven't opened the link yet. Nope. God damn it, I was trying to get people to click on it. No, just uh, then donate to his Patreon, patreon.com slash Megaran. Support him so he can actually make Randoom a real thing, and support us on Patreon, or by picking up some merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show Tony Khan, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight Fight boy for life! <laughs>